Welcome to Everyday People Podcast with me, Nyung Vo. I'm your everyday person whose mission is to give everyday people a platform to share their incredible story, learnings and life tools to inspire you to dream and live your best life. I believe that you don't have to be famous, turn over a million plus a year, have lots of degrees or be in a high position to have something powerful to share and leave a positive impact in your community. I believe the only prerequisite is that you are being you and you are living the amazing life that is meant to be for you. That is enough to inspire me to go live my best life. Will you join me on this journey of sharing, learning and living alongside everyday people? I am super excited to be interviewing my first Everyday People podcast guest, Annie Louie. Hello. And we're in her co-working space. That's apparently where all the famous people lurk. And the last time I was here to meet up with Annie, my friend who dropped me off was starstruck by Matt Tilly in the front car park just trying to get into his car. So thank you, Annie, for allowing me to be a part of this creative top secret space. I want to quickly tell my listeners who you are. So I met Annie four years ago in a cabin that we shared at a leadership camp and I got to know her as a journalism student who has done lots of travel already, reads, has a serious boyfriend, went to Mac Rob's so straight away I'm like smart and her hidden talent which we all later found out was that she can write up a comedy stand-up routine on the spot, switch on her comedian alter ego and put on a performance that was so good and witty I was laughing so hard it hurt and fast forward four years and she's newly single has resigned from her first real full-time job as a comms person for the Metro Project and she's been working for herself as a comedian for six months now and juggles many other exciting gigs and projects. So tell me a little bit about your childhood and how you grew up. Uh, As a kid, I was a really nerdy child. I was always looking for praise, like someone to say, like, I did a really good job. And I think that affected me with looking for external validation. Or you just wanting it because you didn't get it? I think, no, I got it and it got me hooked on it. So (laughs) I'm like, yeah, praise me. Like, I want, like, I was a big fan of um, stickers and I thought that you could only (laughs) acquire stickers from teachers and good work that you'd done. Good job stickers, like, well done stickers. I would peel them off, like, my work and put them in a book. Um, The other thing is that uh, I think from my dad I got a hatred of authority because Mm. he was always trying to control what I I was doing. Like he wouldn't let me go. I still remember like not being allowed to go to a birthday party when I was in prep because it was a boy. So from that, any time like someone's told me I can't do something, I go and I do it. So the next thing I want to talk about is you finding your place in comedy because I remember when we – first met you were still studying and you were doing a little bit of comedy but not really doing shows and and I remember that you did a Facebook post committing to doing shows it was the last thing you were going to do to see if comedy was for you do you want to share that Facebook post because I think that that really was the turning point achievement unlocked 50 gigs in a year Nearly a year ago, I entered Raw Comedy for the second time and I didn't even make it past the first heat. That night, I set a goal to get on stage 50 times and do a solo show. It was arrogant of me, but I thought if I don't notice any improvements, then I'll give up on comedy forever. What a difference a year makes. Most importantly, I wouldn't have been able to achieve this if I hadn't sought the help for the mental health problems that were holding me back. Thanks to Off The Cuff and the Improv Conspiracy Theatre Melbourne for having me last night and making the Big 50 feel fantastic. Uh, Prayer hands and raise the roof. (laughs) (laughs) So you did 50 gigs in a year? Yeah. From doing no gigs? 
Yep, pretty much doing, I was looking back at some old wall planners I had and I did a gig maybe every three or four months for the year. So that'd be like, mm. you know, four gigs max. So to do that, to make sure you achieve that goal, how did you get that 50 gigs? So that like you have to contact lots of people or like how did you know where you could do mm. the gigs or who who would take you in or? Yeah, there is a comedy community and we have Facebook groups. So I knew where the rooms were. It was mostly trying to get over the fear of going. And it was for a competition called Class Clowns. So that got me hooked and I thought, yeah, like, I'm good at this. I'd gone to some of the open mics and Mm. not had a good time Mm. because it was all men Mm. late at night and everyone was, like, drunk and there'd be, like, three people. So I thought, I don't want to do this. This is not a nice environment. Um, So... I didn't know how else I could get good. So I kind of got frustrated because I was like, I feel like I should be more than this, but I I can't because, yeah, I'm scared of going to those places and having to hang around. So then that's why it took a few years of me not doing anything before I thought maybe I just have to do it. I have to push through and setting a goal of 50 gigs was to help me just get out there. Um, But then there was less pressure for me Uh, to do well I suppose because when you only do one gig every few months there's a lot Mm. of pressure Mm. in that gig yes um and I would rehearse in the toilets like at the start of that 2017 like goal setting year I remember having um gigs a gig after work somewhere and it could just be an open mic like you're not even getting paid but I'd be practicing in the toilet you know to myself and not be able to focus on my work and just getting really really nervous and now I go to a gig and I can work or I can do two jobs in a day yeah. and then have an hour to prepare for a show and I can just do it now. Wow, and that's because you've done that 50. Yeah. So you just be open to stuffing it up but knowing you'll get another 49 chances. Exactly. You did that goal setting with the 50 gigs but you, alongside that you also went to see a psychologist. Yeah, it made me realise it was all this mental baggage I had that mm. had stopped me from wanting to just go out there and try. Um, throughout uni, I wasn't doing comedy and mm. whenever I wasn't doing comedy, I mm. felt that I had no purpose in life mm. and that I wasn't moving. Maybe because I had this guilt that I felt bad saying that I feel like I need to be famous to be valid. Because now I see it in a different way. Mm. It's more like you are doing something that you enjoy. It's not yes. about being famous or yes. recognised because you might be really enjoying mm. what you're doing. Mm. doesn't matter if someone on the street doesn't know I think know for me, aiming to be famous or aiming for a lot of money, that takes you off your, like, your actual real life purpose. Mm. That comes later if it's meant to come. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I brought in some of the, like, negative thoughts that I had that I had to work through. Mm. Um, 2017, the feeling of the day. Like, so you pick one incident that was, mm. like, a major feeling for you mm. and you have to rate it out of 100. Feeling out of place or mm. alone before a gig, mm. that makes me anxious at around like 40 out of 100. So that is... So you need someone around you before a gig? Is that mm, what you're saying? Um, just at least someone to have a conversation yeah. with yeah, or to support. be acknowledged. Yeah, yeah. That thought was like, I'm so awkward. Then the next step down is I have <gasps> no friends, no one wants me here, oh. I'm all alone, no one likes me. Right, That that is something that's irrational. But how, and how do you get out of that? Now I see everyone on the scene as 
acquaintances like I don't Mm. have to be friends with them but Mm. we're nice to each other Mm. and it is like a workplace and if I don't want to hang around afterwards having a smoke that's okay as Mm. well but I know that I have friends and that I'm not alone and people do like me so it's a constant you have to work on that like pushing back on those negative thoughts and that's what helped me complete that goal of 50 gigs and so you so you took away that expectation that these people will be your friends and that helped you. Yeah, but also to know that comedians are really awkward, weird people. Mm, <laughs> like mm. a lot of the time. I, one yeah. And maybe they're actually not thinking about that at all. They're not yeah, thinking, I exactly. don't want to be friends with them or I no, don't want to hang out with them. they her. have their own things yeah. to deal with, including what maybe they're about to go on stage and they're just practising their set in yeah. their head. They're not yeah. really present. And it's the same with when you're going to open mics yeah. and you think, oh, like this audience isn't giving me anything. It could mm. just be an audience of comedians who are practising. What I learned from my life coach about, like, because I, I go through the same thought process at work, is mm. that when you feel like that, you have to, like, give yourself that support, then you don't have to wait for someone else to make you feel supported. So you either look with either look within or what you want to receive from other people, you go and do that and give them that. Put it out there in the world so that people can see and be inspired or... Yeah, that's, you know I mean? that's good. Yeah. So part of that 50-gear goal was that I would do the Melbourne Fringe Festival So mm. for the first time, and that's because it's open access and anyone can do it mm. if you can pay the registration. Mm. Um, and I got a grant for the rego. So uh, I all, that whole year was about self-empowerment, like what could I do myself to make things happen? Yes. I don't want to be waiting for a yes. gatekeeper to let me in. Yes. And it's with so many different things in life like, we're like, oh, you know, I want to get published, but, you know, editors won't take my work. It's like, well, start doing a blog. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for me, it was also making social media pages to legitimise my status as a comedian, yeah. making business cards and just starting to tell people I'm a comedian. Yeah. 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 I think everyone should go do a photo shoot just because, even if you're a nobody, like I you just feel amazing. Advice. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I remember you telling me about some other things tools that you used to help you in your career, which was manifesting and meditation, visualisation? Now I meditate twice a day. I try at least Mm. five to ten minutes if I am rushed. Um, Yeah, visualising a gig going well helped me a lot Mm. because instead of assuming the worst, like why not assume the best? Mm, that mm. you go out there and you assume people are going to like you as the default. Oh, yeah, my psychologist said before you go to bed every night, imagine you performing and a crowd loving it. So like people laughing and all that. I don't think I put it into practice, but I like that concept. Definitely before a gig I yeah. will try to think of and that. You, and, you, and you can feel it when you're visualising it. You can feel how it makes you feel. And that's yeah. putting that energy into the world and making sure it will happen. Yep. Yeah. And... Th- that feeling of having a great time on stage to me feels like I'm shining a light on the audience and mm-hmm. they're all feeding off that yes. light and they're, we're all just in this, like, orb together. So <laughs> that's that. the feeling that I chase when I'm doing a show and yeah. I know that I've done well if that feeling came. But yeah. some not every gig is going to be mm. like that and that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't do, like, magazine cutouts and make a moon board or anything, but oh, it's I, mostly. I want to do that one day. Yeah, I don't have enough time to, mm. to do that, but mm. trying to... Um, but for me, Instagram is kind of like that now. I go on Instagram yeah. and there's things that I like and I'll put it on my story and I'll add it to my story permanently on my mm. Instagram. 
that's kind of like a mood board because that's my inspiration and I can go back to it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I'm not really huge on quotes and stuff. I find them <laughs> yeah, all that fluffy stuff. Uh, I'm yeah. a dreamer, so I like all yeah. those fluffy stuff. Yeah, well, I'm I'm very realistic, yeah. so I know I'm like, oh, that's not gonna work. Or like, oh, that'll never work. You know, um, which is probably. We need a balance of both types of yeah. people in the world. I, yeah. yeah, I get That's why stuff. I like having you in my life because you... Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> you balance me out. You probably have. Yeah, you're like a feeler. I'm, I'm a thinker. I'm like, yeah. just get stuff done, people, uh, <laughs> uh, rather than talking about it. But that. So the next thing I want to talk about is your recent breakup and the healing process that you went through because I went through a breakup as well and I had to do so much to be back on my feet and I think it'd be cool to share with other people if they're going through a breakup or they have friends going through a breakup, like what they can do for themselves to make sure that Mm. you heal heal in a healthy way and that you come out of it a better person and not come out of it an angry and hateful person because I think that can happen if you're not doing it right. Yeah. I don't know if – I don't want people to feel pressured that they have to do it right. Everything – is about growing. No matter what happens and the choices you make is new learning for yeah. you. So yeah. let's say you run back to your ex. Yeah. Like that's not terrible because we're still so young and having first-time mm-hmm. experiences mm-hmm. and I'm still surprised. I'm like, wow, I'm experiencing something for the first ever time mm-hmm. and that's okay as mm-hmm. well. Like you don't need to do everything right. Yeah, no, definitely. Time. I definitely didn't do everything right yeah. during the healing process. You just make sure that when you do the wrong thing and you feel down about it, that you pick yourself back up and find whatever tool you need to progress again. Mm. One of my good friends, Casey Newen, she lives in London now. Uh, but right before she left, she recommended she met up with me and talked it through and mm. recommended Breakup Boss by Zoe Foster Blake. And she took me to the bookstore and made me buy it. And I was really awesome. grateful. And um, I'm I'm just really grateful for all the women who came out during that time Mm. and said, like, I'm here for you, you can chat to me. And I felt so validated by everything they said. They never compared it to any other people that they had in their lives. Like, they didn't ever say, dismiss it and say, like, oh, that's exactly like my other friend and this happened and you should do this. Mm. They just listened. Yeah. And I've been, yeah, yeah, so happy that I'm investing time in female relationships. I was never that person who (laughs) ignored their friends when I was in a relationship I always balanced out okay. having friends really but good. some people lock themselves away oh, that's in a definitely me I was bad I, mm. it's only now that I'm older that I'm investing in my girlfriends a lot so this in on page 170 of this book if you buy the physical copy instead of going over what your ex did to mess up this relationship ask yourself the following questions and write down the answers so it's real and it's considered and you can start to heal and fix it that was a big moment for me where I went to those deep dark places of myself Mm. to reflect on Mm. why a relationship went wrong like Mm. I was the one who got dumped so I was very easily playing the victim card like oh you know what a terrible thing he's done this to Mm. me Mm. like oh it's so horrible like I'm the best why did he do this (laughs) but then these questions I wrote my answers to when I was on the plane back Mm. from um, a holiday in Port Douglas I'd spontaneously booked it uh, because the breakup happened on my opening night of comedy festival. And so I 
impulsively book tickets for after the festival. So yeah, I I was talking to a friend on Facebook and she said she went to Port Douglas and it's really nice mm. a few years ago. And I just said, you know what, in this very conversation now, I'm jumping on and booking tickets. Yeah, it was meant to be for like reflection and healing, but also have something to look forward to, to mm. get me through it's really smart the festival. Yeah, I, I was worried that I was doing something imp- impulsive that like I was dropping money. But it's and, for you. Yeah. It's for healing. I also know that it's hard to make a dollar out of comedy festival and, mm. you know, the trip cost me about $1,000. So I'm yeah. like, what am I doing? That's like every dollar I've made, I'm just mm. throwing it away. And mm. so I checked with my sister and she was like, just do it because something impulsive and crazy would be you buying an ostrich as a pet <laughs> like, uh, during a breakup. <laughs> so and then she's like, but this is for your own self-care. Yeah, like, just go for it. Self-care, you always have to have a time for self-care, yeah. definitely. Yeah, and I feel ready, more ready now. Yes. And, yeah, it was really good when the first day I had the breakup, I came to you, I was a mess, I was crying, <laughs> I and that. you just said, here's a journal, write it down. And it was Really inspiring seeing you read a page from your journal. Oh. I thought that was really bold of you. And oh. Yeah, because I know that or as all things, it gets better. Yes. Um, at the time, it's so terrible. But even mm. five days on, mm. you feel a little bit better and mm. so on. So I yeah. knew it was going to get better. But yeah. having you read like page one and then read like five days afterwards, <laughs> that was just like, oh, oh yeah, that's like yeah. you can't rush the process. You have to feel those feelings. And when yes. they come allow them in because yeah. the more you push it away yeah. you're going to find yourself not being able to get over it. Yeah. Actually now that we're talking about journaling yeah. I want you to read something from your journal that when you look back at you're like wow just kind of like how wow we felt when I read my first page of the journal after the breakup and then reading several pages later to see how much my thinking has changed. It relates back to the comedy festival so it's hard to reflect on the festival without also reflecting on the breakup. In a way, the breakup helped the festival feel sweeter. I had somewhere to go each night. It got me out of the house, a distraction for almost every hour of the day. There were friends, people I could talk to on the street, even when doing something crappy like having to fly up. So that's where you hand out flyers on the yeah, street. Yeah. Every 10 to 20 people, I would have the loveliest conversations that gave me hope for humanity and became the Aww. highlight of my day. Oh, that's awesome. Regardless of whether they came or planned to come to my show. Then there were the complete strangers who told me my show was the best thing they'd seen at the comedy Aww. festival and friends who messaged me even now to say it was the best thing they'd seen even after watching a bunch of stuff on ABC iView. As Judith Lucy said in an interview, the most important relationship she's had is with her audience. The nights when there weren't many audience members were the toughest. I wondered, why the F am I here? (laughs) I don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. And every minute feels like hard work. I was so grateful that, um, that nine was the smallest audience I had. Um, so I want to talk about the people, the random people that helped you to feel good and, so the funny thing is I I had this similar realisation after my breakup when I was on the train on the way to work. I loved just being around other people mm. while I feel lonely or recently broken up. Just having the presence of other people around you doesn't have to be your friends. It could be yep. just people. It is so much nicer than just being in your room yeah, and feeling needed down. Like yeah. It makes you feel less lonely and it makes you feel like, yeah. you know, you're still in this world, like you're still a part of the world with everyone else, like everyone else still exists. Yeah, and that's in the Breakup Boss book. Um, She says, 
people break up around the world every single day mm. and mm. they're still alive and mm. they're still doing stuff. It's not going to physically kill you, mm-hmm. you know, unless you let it. Mm-hmm. Um, Another yeah. good advice that I've heard on a podcast is that you should focus on what you already have. Like you've lost that boyfriend, but what are all these other great stuff that you have in your life that mm. you now need to focus on because you already have it? Yeah, and the practicing gratitude yeah. helps. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, I, I reckon the top top moments of this year is having a laugh with my family at yes. home. Like yes. we just have, at night now, I've freed up a lot of time. So we play card games, we play board games, we do stupid drawings and we just laugh Aww. so hard. Yes. And I, I film stuff for my Instagram yeah. and like uh, my mum and I laugh so hard because – there was a um, a bug on the floor yeah. and we were screaming at it, uh, <laughs> freaking out. My mum hates bugs. She's a oh. village girl yeah. and she's seen like some like, you know, the world's biggest cockroaches and mm-hmm. like disgusting stuff. So she was freaking out. And then <laughs> we realised it was a piece of red onion. Oh, and, what? Yeah, so that we, is so funny. Yeah, we, we laughed so hard and I was like, I filmed it, put it on my Instagram, yeah. still crying like yeah. over it. Um, and just, yeah, it's just silly things like that that make me so, laugh. so yeah. happy. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And remember that you will laugh again. You know, yeah. you'll laugh again, you'll sleep well again, you'll yeah. be able to eat properly again. Yeah. And Mari um, Andrew, who illustrated the Breakup Boss mm. book on Instagram, she's quite famous, all mm. her drawings, and she did a very good one. I think grief is like having a ball that bounces around a box and mm. in that box is also like a button that's what? red. I'm trying to picture this. It's hard. Like a, a box, right, yeah. and there's a button in like one of the corners or something, right? Yeah. So when the ball bounces around every now and the then. The ball bouncing in the box? Yeah, in around this box it's going to hit that button yeah. at certain points, yeah. right? So when you start out the grieving process, the mm. ball is really big, mm. so that button gets pressed all the time so what bouncing does that button around. Represent? Um, you getting triggered into like an emotional state. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you'll you'll be crying. You're thinking about it all the time. Mm. Everything hurts. Mm. But as time goes on, that ball gets smaller and it's still bouncing around and it will still hit that button, but less mm. frequently because the oh, ball is no, small. That, no, that's a really good reminder because I remember that I was going through this healing process after the breakup, and I'm like, oh, I'm like doing so well, and you know, two or three weeks later, I'm back there. Yeah. And my friend reminded me that that's going to happen. That's normal. Yep. Like that little button, you're going to sometimes trigger it. Yes. And that's okay. Oh, I think her one is that um, Mari's drawing was it's like a handbag, like a bag that's mm. really big and overwhelming. You have to carry it with mm. you, but then the bag gets a bit smaller and mm. turns into like a little handbag. Like it's still there with you, but oh, wow. it's packaged. So, so th- it's still there with you as in the baggage? <laughs> yeah, the baggage. So it will always be there, is that what you're saying? Yeah, which is It shapes who thing. you are. Yeah. 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 Yeah, maybe you add it to your collection of totes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so just to wrap up this episode, I also have five quick questions for you. Okay, fun. So the first question is, what is your favourite self-care tip? Favourite self-care tip is exercising. Oh. Uh, yeah, I really like going to the gym really? and lifting weights. Oh, yeah, I that's going my to the thing. gym. Um, I want to hear a gentle one because I want to I pick it up um, too. Going yep. on hikes yep. and getting out walking. driving. Yeah, yep. getting out there. To nature. Nature is something that I would like to do like every two weeks, I think. Yeah. That was like my – when I was allowed to think of like my five-year plan and how mm. how often I like to do certain things, I definitely want to get out of town like once a fortnight. I yes. would say. That's ideal. That's like kind of dreaming but um, because life gets in the way. But mm. if I feel that I need that to be recharged. Mm. So what's your favourite places for nature? The closest is the Dandenongs to – 
Melbourne, so mm-hmm. I go off there often. Like a um, thousand steps? Yeah, around there. I haven't really done a thousand steps that yep. many times, but um, it's definitely some of the parks and walks and yeah. waterfalls. I find waterfalls very energising mm. for me because mm. the first time I had a breakup, I was crying a lot and then I went to a waterfall and I was Aww. sitting there and looking over the edge going, my tears are so insignificant. <laughs> like, I was like, That's the best. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it said that on this plaque that, water there's a finite amount of water in the mm. world it just changes forms so for okay. example yeah. like we're drinking it we're yeah. peeing it it yeah. rains but there's always the same amount of water and that was really cool for me being yeah. like these tears would just turn into something else you know? oh my god that's <laughs> like, so funny i like how your brain works yeah. um the next question is what daily habit are you have you been doing in your life that's changed your day Writing three things I'm grateful for. Yes. Yeah, at night. Yeah. What's a good one that you noticed recently that you're like, I only noticed this because I'm practicing this gratefulness thing? Things I laugh at, probably, that I didn't. I, I love laughing. Yeah. I just want to have my abs <laughs> hurt for the rest of my life, you <laughs> oh, know. Same. I just think that is the most fun. You yeah. Can, like, uh, I don't do drugs. So to me, yeah. Having a laughing fit is yeah. a drug. And yeah. if I can get that once a day from somewhere, and now I'm acknowledging it. So is it someone saying something funny or you just notice something that looks funny? Oh, or? both. Yeah, sometimes I just laugh at myself. Like I went to Albert Park Lake and I saw a swan crossing the road and I laughed to myself <laughs> and I probably would have thought, yeah. Because it's random because it's random. Crossing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but I had to, to wait oh. for this like swan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is funny actually to actually notice that. Yeah. And yeah, not just yeah. walk past like, okay, what the f- Yeah. yeah. But once that. you start picking up on little yeah. things and amusing yourself, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's where the joy comes, that yeah. childlike curiosity because apparently four-year-olds laugh like, mm. like hundreds of times a day, mm. you know, hundreds, and we, oh, we laugh like maybe ten. Yeah. Like, that's bloody sad. Okay, the next question. Who are the five people in your life who influence who you are? Now that I have less family members mm. and my my dad's not around so it's mm. my mom and my sister are very core to who I am mm. I could put my psychologist in there yeah. as well yeah um I, I don't want to name like all the women in my life yeah. but I feel like that that should be a space reserved for yeah. all the women yeah. yeah um my mentor I think yeah Tessa Waters who has moved to New Zealand mm. Um, is she a comedian? Yeah, she's a comedian yeah. and through doing her program, I started in 2018, I'm in the second year of being mentored by her. Mm. So we see each other like once a month or we have Skype sessions mm-hmm. and yeah, around that time, like she was really impressed that I did 50 gigs in a year and mm. wanted me to, She yeah, she loved that and she yes. said like I want to keep supporting you to do Aww. great things yeah. and she's always um, advocated for me trying you know getting me good amazing and yep. tells me that I'm on the right track and I think everyone needs that person yeah. in their life well how did you get her into your life I saw her advertising no, we- like, yeah, yeah women like her so someone the yes person you need when you're starting up a new idea you yes. need someone to go to who's always gonna you know they're gonna love it and they're yeah. gonna say yes and then you know some other friends who are your critics who yeah. will give you honest feedback mm-hmm. when you're ready for it so yeah. having lots of those yeah roles in your life so I do helpful. like your range of top five people in your life because it's very like you've got your family you've got your friends you've got the psychologists yeah and the mentor yeah and they're and they're all different like they feed something different to your life what's a good fashion tip to add a little confidence into your step Mm. my psychologist said uh it was about when I was trying to do these gigs he said Mm. put um 
some money every time you do a gig into mm. a jar and that's mm. your fun jar for mm. sa- saving for something that you love, you mm. want, and it can't be something that you need, mm. like a holiday. Mm. It could be something extra, you know, like a handbag or a jacket. Yeah, that's yes. really helpful. Um, forgot about that tip nearly. So I put lots of money in there and I decided I was going to save for a new leather jacket yes. and it was about, like, I was going to splurge. It was going to be like a $400 yeah. jacket. Yeah. So that's around the range that, you know, that's you, awesome. you yep. should be saving for. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even have to spend the $400. I think I, spent, I saw like, it. Did you wear that the yeah, other day? Yeah, I spent yeah. 100 up, but damn, I feel good yeah. wearing it, you know. So have that item that you – that makes you feel good, yeah. something that you want to be buried in and remembered yeah. for. Yeah. That's, uh, so that's the funny. feeling that, that you want. Lastly, what is your favourite mantra? Do you do mantras? No, I don't do mantras. Mm. How about favourite uh, quote or your self-talk, something self-talk. positive that you tell yourself or to remind you that everything's fine or is there something that you that comes up often? I like to talk to people about how nothing is truly a negative experience mm, yeah. because later down the track yeah. it's everything that has happened That's to you has shaped yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't be ungrateful for things that are bad in mm-hmm. my life that mm-hmm. have happened. Mm-hmm. And I was practising lots of this meditation at the start and going, putting out good vibes into the universe at the start of the year mm. and then this breakup happened and then I was really annoyed at the universe. Mm. like, why did you do this to me? Uh-huh. I was Everything was going well yeah. <laughs> and now it doesn't work. Like yeah. it's not working. Yeah. But then I realised that. I've been looking at it the wrong way because the universe had presented me with another opportunity yes. and everything is just an opportunity. Yes. There's And inherently there's nothing negative or positive about any particular experience. Mm. It's what you want to make of it. Mm. So I like to think that nothing nothing is negative. That was a big mm. learning curve. Well, it's kind me. of like my, my self-talk to myself that everything happens for a reason mm. and that reason is always a positive reason. Like mm. that happened because this next thing is going to be better. So that's that's all for today. Cool. Um, thank you so much Thanks. for being a part of this, and I had a lot of fun chatting about your your journey and the tools that you want to share with everyone. And yeah, it's been great. Yeah, thank thanks, you. Song. If people want to find out more about me, they can go to my website yep. or on Facebook as well. So AnnieLouis.com and Facebook Annie Louis Comedy. You've just listened to the Everyday People podcast with Nyung Vo. You can find out more about Annie at AnnieLouis.com and can connect with her via Facebook and Instagram. You can listen to more episodes with more inspiring everyday people on iTunes or Spotify.